Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowry. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My hope is that these stories will inspire your creative efforts and your own spiritual expression. My guest today is Janine Hoffler. She's a painter, photographer, lecturer, and teacher. She graduated magnum cum laude from Arcadia University and has taught art classes to both children and adults. Along with her career as a painter, Janine is an award-winning photographer and has been a speaker to many groups, teaching them how to bring families together with photography while increasing their own skill and taking emotionally meaningful photos. She's been a member of both the Bonaire Artist Society in Virginia as well as the Professional Photographers of America. Janine is now the owner of Jazzy Smile Animal Painting and Photography, which is created to explore the love, joy, and peace and spirit that animals provide to us every day. Janine currently resides in Virginia with her husband, two children, and two loving and very opinionated dogs. Janine, welcome. Hi, how are you? Thank Um, you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. I'm so glad to have you on the show. So at what point in your life did you start thinking of yourself as an artist? Well, I was born, I had a very unusual birth, and I was born hand first um, instead of head first, which probably was not too fun for my mother. (laughs) But everybody said, oh, she's a creative you know, and um, I was drawing. I was always very cerebral and just very um, contemplative, you know, not physical in any sort of way with sports or anything. And I was always uh, drawing and painting, and it was just everything, it, just like breathing to me. Well, that's wonderful. And I know that in your bio, you said that you do both painting as well as photography. Do you find that, that you work? both of them together or is it kind of two different parts of your brain well it was funny because i used to do the art shows as a painter for years and years and years and then uh when i became pregnant and my friends were doing photography and i saw that they were making a great living doing photography i said oh i think i'm going to check this out and after having children you know you don't have the hours to paint so I decided to really start to develop my photography skills, and it was just another tool to use. And then it kind of just took off, and, and I started a company with it. Wow. So when you were doing your photography with your company, was it mostly people and, and events that you were photographing? Right. The photography were families and a lot of high school seniors and uh, pets and uh, babies, you know, the standard stuff like that, stuff um, that I didn't realize would be as adventurous as it, it was. <laughs> yeah, I would think people could make make it be kind of adventurous to... Well, get a, especially... Oh, excuse me. I was just... With go ahead. high school photography, we were in the middle of the river. We were <laughs> on the tops of roofs, uh, all precarious situations, and uh, it was really neat. Oh, that's cool. So, Janine, how does your um, spirituality find expression in your art? Well, I think I I had a really unique 
childhood in that I was exposed to all kinds of belief systems. And my parents, who were just amazing, knew the most incredible people of all faiths, of Hindu and Native American and all kinds of things like that. And so I think that art and spirituality always were side by side to me. And as I was young and I was growing up, my paintings were very intuitive. And so I would, if I was doing a painting for somebody, a lot of times it was uh, what they had dreamed about throughout their life or something like that, and I didn't know that. So to me, um, art and spirituality are always side by side. Well, that's really beautiful. Do you have any um, kind of stories that you can share with us about how creating your art has expanded your awareness of God? I think uh, being quiet and being intuitive. Um, I think I've always had a real sense of empathy and sensitivity. And so, you know, whenever I can be quiet, the, the worlds just open up. And so, and I find that spirit talks to me through that and translates into many of my paintings. Well, and I know some of the examples of your work that you sent to me are um, of animals that now with the, with the company that you have now, you're doing a lot of animal portraits or anim- depictions of animals. How does that tie into an expression of your spirituality when you're painting an animal? Well, it's, it was really interesting, the whole story of how I, I got to painting animals because it was never something that I intended to do. And when we were in the photography business, and we spent years as photographers, my husband and myself, uh, all of a sudden the economy went. And when the economy went, then our business just hit a tremendous um, crisis point. And in that, you know, I always find that when the doors close, then you really have to go inside and find out what your strengths are. And I had not painted at that point for a while, and then I realized um, that we needed to do things that didn't involve money. And one of the things that we found were working with animals um, and getting my children involved in uh, doing rescue work. And so in that, we saw that the dogs and the cats and, and other animals that we were working with were really a good reflection of what was happening to the middle class, that they were suffering the same transitions that, you know, that we were going through. And in that, I could see how people were really transformed through dog adoption and things like that. And, and then it became clear to me how they were really, how pets are really seen as healers and, um, a great respite from all the intensity that's out there. And and then it just started happening, and dogs became my focus all of a sudden. It was very immediate like that. Well, and it's interesting that you said that wasn't, you know, that wasn't a path that you ever would have thought you would have gone down. And it, I always find it interesting in my own life, the the doors that have opened and the paths that I've gone down that, you know, years earlier I would have thought, really? I would have done that. So um, that's interesting to start down a path and then see what comes from that. 
And even watercolor in itself, um, I was just speaking with a friend of mine when we were in the Bonaire Artist Society. Uh, we were the only two people that didn't do watercolor. And um, when I started painting again, I started just doing the oil and acrylic and the things that I had always worked with. And I was really struggling with it all of a sudden. And I had thought, oh, my goodness, have, have I lost my talent? You know, this was everything I've been known for from birth. And then it was really weird the way it happened. I just took a nap one time, and then I woke up, and something just said to me, you're just going to paint in watercolor today, and you're going to paint one of the drawings that you did before, and you're never going to look back. And that's exactly what happened. And it was so weird because the struggle that I had with the oil and acrylic all of a sudden now became this amazing way of just working all of a sudden with watercolor where it just flowed and I could do exactly what I wanted to do. And it was really strange. <laughs> and so my, my friend and I, when I was just talking to her, we were laughing because it was like, who would have thunk that, you know? So... Well, and when you, you never know. when you're painting animals, do people commission you to paint their pet, or do you paint animals that are more universally depictive of animals that people might have, or animals that speak to you? The the way it has gone um, at the moment is, I would say about ninety percent of it is commission work, and so, and then there's work that I do with charities and things like that, you know, to be able to promote an animal, um, I do that as well. But most of the time, it's commission work. Well, and Jane, I'm curious if you have any kind of a process or a ritual that you use to kind of get into that creative space and to connect with the divine flow when you get ready to, when you get ready to paint. The main thing that I do before I paint is exercise and I always said especially with any kind of dog issue that people were having because I did dog adoptions on the side um, was exercise cures every kind of hang up <laughs> for anything it, it's the magical key because it must open up your brains and endorphins and you know what have you and so I always start the day with that and through that I'll get ideas for maybe how to develop a certain look to a painting that I'm working on or things like that. And other than that, it's just really when you're in, when you're painting and you're in that moment, it's just so magical because the joy that comes through, it's almost like you're not even doing it. And it just is, it, it'll just flow and, um, and you're just kind of in the moment. And are you able to paint every day? I try to paint every day. Um, and there are some times where just, you know, you're busy running around doing other things. But for the most part, I try to devote at least six hours a day to it. Wow. That's that's great. I so, try. And then you have to do the business part right. and stuff like that. But the business part I can do at night for the most part unless it, it requires deliveries and things like that. And um, But that's nice because it breaks up the flow of it. Well, and when you are, it sounds like that with the painting that you're working very solo with a lot of your things other than, you know, some commission work. But um, but it sounds like at other points in your creative career that you've done a lot of collaborative work. Do you find that it's different when you're working 
by yourself versus when you're working in collaboration with other people? When I was uh, primarily doing photography, it was very group-oriented. And again, I always use the word magical because it really is. When And I worked with my husband, which is just so much fun to be around him anyway. Um, and when we would get with the families and and things like that, that you are just totally in the moment. And it's just you're having this connective experience with them that is just so much fun. And it's, it's such a different feeling of joy than when I am working solo in my painting. But it's just you are creating this moment that is so important to them and, and you. And it's just a really neat experience. Well, and you mentioned earlier about your children, you're getting your children involved in rescue and what a gift to expand their view of the world and, and develop their compassion. Um, do you do do you find that they're artists as well? Do you, do they like to work with you and learn about about creating art? What's so cool about them is that they are talented in ways that I am not artistically. And I find that that's so much fun. My eldest daughter is very tactily oriented, and even when she was a baby, um, in her stroller, you know, when you would go to the stores or anything, she would um, pick up a piece of cloth or something in a clothing store and feel it with her hands and go, nice, you know, <laughs> and, and so she was just, and we would just laugh because she would do it all the time, and then she became really good with fabric and sewing and and things like that. So that's really her avenue of expression. My other daughter is totally enamored with anything involving glass, again, which I know nothing about. And she um, would go every night, Mommy, can we watch those glass-blowing videos, you know? can?" And she's really interested in the whole process of that. And it was great because they just had the Dale Chihuly, um exhibit at the Virginia Museum of the Fine Arts and she was just totally enamored and so I'm eager to see uh, how that progresses oh that's wonderful and how old is she she's only eight. Oh wow <laughs> so you know the fact that an eight-year-old is telling me oh mommy you know <laughs> and do you all have any glass blowing studios in your area that she can go watch or I'll tell you, it's not easy to find. Um, we have to go all the way across Virginia this summer um, to see if she can uh, enroll in a class that has that. Uh, so that'll be a big deal for us. Oh. But it's everything that's so perfect for her personality because she's very adventurous and she loves to be around a lot of people, and which is usually the antithesis to most artists who work alone. And she loves to be, you know, and glass blowing has all that because you, you need to be in a team and it's very dangerous and it's beautiful, you know, so it's perfect for her. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I'm curious when you're, um, before we went on air, you mentioned that you are starting to get back into some other types of painting as well. Like you, When we were first talking, you said you used to do very intuitive painting and then you went into the the painting the animals and and capturing them on on your watercolor paper, and now you're moving into a, another area as well. Can you describe a little bit about what that direction is going to go? Right, and it's very exciting to me 
um, just to even be back in painting because it feels like home. Um, when I was younger, uh, I, I started painting right away, and uh, I would do a type of painting that didn't have anything to do with pets. It had everything to do with uh, the ethereal, you know, anything that wasn't um, it, totally in the physical plane. And when I would work with people, I would definitely sense uh, things that were in their life that I would just say, like, this is what I see for you, and I would just come up with an image, and they would say, wow, like, that was in my dreams, like, my whole entire life, or <laughs> something like that, or, and it was just, and the way my childhood was, I was able to just kind of roll with that, so it wasn't ever shocking to me or anything that you could use this sense of intuition, and definitely a sense of sixth sense to create what people needed, whether it was a healing image or anything like that. And so now, and when I created Jazzy's Smile, I knew that I definitely wanted that to have its own entity, that it would be strictly uh, pets and animals and things like that. And what I'm creating now as well is um, Janine Hufflar Fine Art, and that is going to be entirely the other type of art that I do that is the more intuitive work and things like that. And I'll definitely have to send you some of that when I get that ready for to go. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you've got lots of different ideas. So um, um, how do your ideas come to you, and then how do you decide which ideas you're going to move forward with? Well, the pets are pretty easy because they, you know, they come to you as the person commissions it, and you just get an idea of what's going to work. For my other work, I carry a sketchbook with me constantly, and I'll just get up at 4.30 in the morning or something like that and just sketch all the time. And then where it goes from there, it depends on how strong the sketch is or something. And I could just get an idea from anything uh we were watching america's top model or something like that i like the photography in that and i saw a dress and it had nothing to do with the dress but it just something about the color i guess and i had like five different sketches after that so from that i just keep that sketchbook there and just kind of go with you know what's the strongest part of that and then um, develop that. And with this new, um, with the fine arts types of painting you're going to do, are you going to stay with watercolor or are you going to go back to some of the mediums you've used previously? Well, the neat thing about watercolor is that it's, it's a new tool in the arsenal. And I find that I can speak with that in a way that I couldn't with the others. So I'm actually pretty infatuated with watercolor at the moment. And I can see that it, and there's a certain spontaneity in watercolor that I really love too. That it's, it's the quality of the unexpected that I really enjoy. So for that, and especially when you're talking about, you know, different ethereal things that you want to express, um, that spontaneity is a really nice thing. Excellent. So, yeah, so I, I definitely think I'll stay with that. So, Janine, how has your art affected your spiritual evolution, or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? 
Well, again, I always picture them as being side by side. And to me, they're always home. So it's kind of like I don't think of one or the other. It's that art is the expression of the spiritual. And actually, just being physical is the expression of the spiritual to me. Um, because I just see ourselves as pure energy, and that spirit is just manifesting in physical. So to me, the art is just the manifestation of the spirit. So that's the way I look at that. Oh, that's beautiful. So I would like to back up to your photography for just a minute. In your bio, um, we mentioned that you had done that you've done a lot of teaching to people that want to increase their skill in taking emotionally meaningful photos. So can you share with our listeners what maybe a couple of tips or what they need to keep in mind if they really want their photos to be more emotional and more meaningful when they get the, the finished photo back? Well, the best photos are always the ones that touch you emotionally, for sure. They're always the ones that captivate you. So I think when families have that special time together, especially when their kids are young, or that's when you see the most interest generally is when the kids are really young um, and they want to capture that time. The, the biggest thing is to not have the person in the picture be along with the couch and the TV and, the, you know, and everything there, to really just focus on them and of course lighting is the best thing but really to to find something that's special to them getting them in their favorite outfit or getting them um you know being with you in a certain you know it, it's hard to explain without being in a in a class format but the main thing is to don't use flash. <laughs> <laughs> some more natural light or having some... Flash is a dream killer if I ever saw one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least the, the straight-on flash. You know, side right. flashes are necessary, but, you know, you always have to augment the natural light. But, yeah, if, if you can, especially with pets, oh, my goodness. Yeah, don't use flash with pets. That's uh, that's uh, the quickest way to make your dog look very uh, mean and uh, ready to bite. <laughs> and their and their eyes glowing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, so tell our listeners how they can find you and how they can look at your art and get in touch with you. Well, the art the website that I have available now is through my pets, and it's called Jazzy Smile, and it's J A Z Z Y S. Another S, M I L E dot com. And I'm available for any kind of commission um, or to even talk about how to discuss uh, photographing your own pet. Um, and I work all through internationally. I, we just heard from somebody in Brazil. So that was kind of neat. So, do you typically work from photographs for the pet portraits? The beauty of, of doing painting as opposed to photography is that you don't have to be local. So you could practically be virtual uh, with somebody the whole time up until delivery. Um, so I definitely can work with pictures as long as they're non-flash pictures <laughs> and they're clear. Uh, but even 
some of the, I mean, people have sent me pictures from their iPhone and stuff, and they've been pretty terrible, and yet they make some of the best pictures or paintings. So do you do you like for people to send you multiple photos and kind of different angles of their pet? Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, that's great. That's great. And um, do you have a do you have a Facebook page for your for your artwork as well? I do. Um, it's uh, facebook.com slash jazzy smile. And jazzy's with, it's plural, so it's the two S's right there in the middle. Two S's, which was always, you know, I wasn't sure whether to call the company that, but the whole thing was so intuitive the way it came about that uh, just like the way I learned how to do watercolor, just woke up and did it. I woke up with the logo and the title and the, you know, what to call it and all that stuff, too. So I just kind of ran with it. Well, I know you said you have two very opinionated dogs. What kind of dogs do you have? I do. Both, both <laughs> rescues. Oh, my goodness. Um, I have a retriever, an Afghan retriever, and she's very, um, she acts like she should be in Valentino's house or something. Like, how did I wind up with you? <laughs> So she's very, very uh, princessish, and then I have a tiny white chihuahua. Oh wow! And I call her, her her my white mighty white light, and my husband calls her the mighty white mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and do the two dogs get along with each other? They do, and that's how I knew when we did a lot of foster work, um, and I would take in a lot of foster dogs, and that was a great way of of. Uh, that is great. I could highly recommend foster um, work to anyone. But that uh, we kept our retriever as our permanent dog, and then we would take in like a foster at a time. And the one that we have now, the our Chihuahua, is the only one that she actually accepted into the household. <laughs> well, that's so that's good... how we knew that she was a permanent fixture. Oh, that's great. So, yeah. Janine, thank you so much for being with us. Do you have any last thoughts for our listeners about how they might tap into their own creativity and have it be an expression of their spirituality? The greatest thing that I have learned on this journey is that when doors close, to just go inside and to use that sense of intuition and that sense of what your real strengths are as an energy and develop that. And that if you listen and you're quiet, then the solutions are there for every single situation. I think and, that's wonderful. And, and, and that, you know, you can use for any creative aspect. Well, I think that listening is so important in so many areas of our life and especially our creativity. So thank for you. Sure. Thank you, Janine. Tell, tell the listeners one more time how they can find your website. Okay, my website is called Jazzy Smile, and it's www.jazzysmile.com. And we're also on Facebook, and we just got started on Facebook, so we definitely could use the, the um, interaction there. And I really welcome speaking with anyone um, on any kind of aspect of creativity. So anybody that wants their their pet portrait done, they can reach out to you. Or if they want to talk about creativity, they can reach out to you as well. That's excellent. Great. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. 
I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artasworship.net. Please come share your stories of art as worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash art as worship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste. Yeah.